In the name of Jesus, amen. Our text today is from the epistle lesson just read, especially these words. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Thus far, our text. Dear friends in Christ, Jesus comes into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday for one reason, for one reason alone, to die. He had to. There were absolutely no other options. He had to go to the cross to bleed, to suffer, and to die. Now, it's not really what Jesus deserved. It's what he had to do. What did Jesus deserve? Well, Jesus deserved very great glory. Even the palms, the hosannas, the cloaks laid out on the road like a red carpet, even the donkey ride are far less than the glory Jesus deserves. After all, he's the king of heaven and earth. He was present at its creation. He's the word of God that was spoken, that brought all that we know into existence. He is, as Handel is famous for putting to music, King of kings, Lord of lords. Scripture says that at his name, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and even below. Yes, the truth is that the Palm Sunday processional is rather underwhelming, considering who it is that's riding into Jerusalem on this day. Especially when we consider why he's coming. He goes on to die. He rides in to die. We just sang it in the hymn, didn't we? In lowly pomp, ride on to die. And dear Christian, he comes in to die in your shoes to pay the price that you've earned by your sin, by your fault, by your shame, by your guilt. Your sin deserved the death penalty. You are the one who should have been processed in under lock and key, perhaps even chained, tried, found guilty, and executed for your actions, for your sin, for your guilt. 
Now, Pastor, that sounds a little harsh. Why should I deserve to die? Well, you've murdered. Perhaps not in your actions, perhaps not physically, but you've murdered by hating your neighbors and your family and your former friends. Maybe you've even hated those fellow Christians who on a normal Palm Sunday would have processed in next to your children. You're guilty of this murder. You've murdered in your thoughts, maybe by your words, and you've done it time and time again. It's been a serial action. You've murdered so often you don't even think about it anymore. When you've yelled, when you've sworn, when you've told someone what you really think of them, when you've acted uncharitably, you've murdered. Yes, you. And so God says, you deserve to die. And if that's not enough, you also are an adulterer. You've looked at other people with nasty thoughts in your mind. You may have even spent some of your quarantine time looking at inappropriate things on your phone or on your computer. The news says that that sort of traffic has skyrocketed and is competing with school lessons online and other You've spent your time thinking about these things, pondering them, and maybe even you've acted out on these thoughts, perhaps with another person, perhaps not. You've seen pornography, you've done things you wouldn't want to tell your grandma about, your spouse about, your friends about, let alone your God. What's the consequence? It's sin. And for that sin, God says, you must die. Yes, you. And you've stolen. On purpose or on accident. You failed to return things that you've borrowed. You've been jealous of your neighbor's possessions. You've kept and withheld funds that could help your neighbor in a time of need. Perhaps even in the face of this coronavirus. Been more worried about saving your own skin than helping your neighbor. You've spread lies and gossip 
You've talked poorly about leaders, authorities, your neighbors, your friends and your family. You've been less than faithful with your study of God's word in this time. We don't have to get up on Sunday mornings anymore. We can sleep in. I'll catch up on God's word later. You've broken all ten commandments. You've sinned. Yes, you. And for your sin, you deserve to die. You see, behind all these violations of God's Ten Commandments are this. Ultimately, you have not believed in God the way that you ought to. You haven't trusted His Word, plain and simple. You've doubted His existence. You've thought you're better than Him or that you know more. You've doubted that He'll carry through on His promises to punish sin, to punish sinners. You haven't feared God the way He ought to be feared. And as a consequence, you haven't really trusted Him or loved Him either. Yes, for you, it's the death penalty. That's what you deserve. You should be chained up. You should be led through the streets of Jerusalem to be charged, to be tried, to found guilty, to be killed as a punishment for your sin. That's what you deserve. It's your fate. It's your future. It's what Jesus comes into Jerusalem to do in your place. He rides in with all pomp and circumstance to take care of your sin. He rides in in majesty, specifically to go and to die. He shows up at your trial, in your shoes, in your seat, the place of accusation. And that's exactly what happened. He's accused of your sin. Sin that he didn't commit, sin that you committed. He's beaten like you deserve. He's mocked like your sin should be. That's why you hide it away, isn't it? He's found guilty as you ought to be found guilty. He's processed back out of town to the execution spot, Golgotha, and there he's crucified as a punishment for you, for your sins, for your guilt. And you get off scot-free. That's what St. Paul says in our epistle lesson. 
Though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so, dear friends, when we look at the cross of Jesus, the place where he agonizes, bleeds, and dies, we know the truth. It's all for us. It's all for you. In your place, in your spot, in your shoes, it's like Jesus broke open your prison, switched places with you, and sent you out freely on your way, knowing he'd suffer your punishment. In fact, it's actually better than that. Not only did Jesus take your place in death, he also makes you take his place. I don't mean that you are now the unbegotten Son of God, what I mean is this, you are now an adopted child of God. It's the great switcheroo. You get all of the stuff that Jesus had when he took your place on death row. You get life, life to the full. You get eternity, face to face with God. You get peace, you get comfort, you get joy. You are loved by God and in his care again. You get the promise of salvation. You become innocent, washed white in the robe of Christ's blood. You get to feast on the sacrifice that makes you whole and well again, Jesus. And because of Christ dying in your place, God doesn't see your sin. He doesn't hold it against you anymore. Jesus paid for all of it. The adultery, the murder, the hate, the gossip, and the rest. Jesus pays the penalty. And as for Jesus, because he humbled himself to take your place, God exalted him. He raised him from the dead. God highly exalted on him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, Paul writes, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All is put right. All is made well. Dear Christian, I know that it doesn't feel like it because we're not here in the church building today because we didn't have the kids wave the palm branches around because we're stuck at home and nervous and overwhelmed. But the truth is this. This week 
is Holy Week. This week, we focus on Christ taking our place. This week, we look at the cross knowing that it is for me, for you, for our sin, that Jesus does all the things that he has done. This week, God has blessed us to have the time to watch all the services, to participate as much as possible, to have no other distractions or outside things going on, no soccer practice, no work, no school. This week, we're free to focus on Jesus, to hear the sweet gospel that all of our sin is forgiven. Take advantage of that. Spend time in God's word. Hear what Jesus does for you. Receive his gifts. And know that Christ comes for you in lowly pomp, riding on to die. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds on Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.